The following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Thanks for coming up for the music bed idea for this. Yeah, of course. Uh, was what, a year and a half ago? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. We're finally pulling the trigger on a podcast. We have no idea what we're doing. We don't have any show prep. It's pretty much like when we call basketball games together. We just show up and start talking and it seems to work. Yeah, I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts. So that makes me, an, I guess, somewhat, somewhat of, of an expert, maybe. We, we don't have a name for it. <laughs> Even though we've been talking about it for about a year, somehow that seems to be the hardest part. Well, I mean, it is. I remember um, I remember when uh, Bill Simmons started his network, The Ringer, and I remember hearing on one of his first podcasts that they spent months going over names, oh, really? just trying to figure out like you know what they could use that was... You know, tied into what their business model was, and then something that wasn't already used, and and yeah, we don't have any of that though. You know, it's, it's just us. The Dan and Josh show. I don't know if that's that's that's, that's going to do there's it. There's probably already one out there I'm, somewhere. I'm sure. I'm sure. Probably much better than than us. <laughs> Episode number one. We'll see how long it lasts. Michael and I started uh, a website that where we just kind of did a little sports blog deal, and that lasted maybe a year. So I. I told him ahead of this. Hopefully, it lasts longer than the website. If it does, I'll consider that a victory. Yeah, and uh, you know, hopefully, we can get this out to uh, you know some people locally and and maybe some of our friends that live in in different cities that might be interested in the garbage that comes out of our mouths, and we'll <laughs> we'll see what happens. Right? The best sports conversation has probably come on our road trips. Yeah, yeah, and probably not all of that is fit for consumption no in the general public no not not necessarily but you know that's a lot of times you know uh when we've got some time to kill we have probably our, our better conversations about a variety of things in sports and, yep. and sometimes that you know are maybe on the fringe of sports but kind of still relate and we'll try to keep it to that as much as we can but you know you and i as as we do during our broadcast sometimes get a little off topic but <laughs> I think people sometimes enjoy that. Yeah, the beauty part of that, it seems to me that interest ramps up in pretty much everything when football starts. I mean, as much as you're looking forward to consume any sort of sporting news, baseball seems to dominate in the month of July, and then August gets here, and and then for some reason that's when things start to pick up everywhere. For some reason, well, I, schedules start getting yeah. released. the The playoff picture for baseball starts coming into focus. College practice starts. I mean, everything just starts to ramp up a little bit. Well, you know, the summer's getting over; it's ending. You know, it's, it, people are, um, you know, ready for a little change in the weather. Mm-hmm. You got school coming back, so vacations are over. So everybody's yeah. kind of settling in, at least around here for the winter. And uh, but you know, we've talked about it before, and. and kind of jump into a little bit of what you were just leading in with mm-hmm. you know um we're kind of in the midst of a of a pennant race here with the brewers and the cubs and and uh what's going on in major league baseball but it's just one of those things you know you watch the national stuff you watch espn fox sports whatever it might be and uh it just every baseball's become such a regional 
game. You know, for forever it was America's pastime. Now, no question that has become football. Mm. Most mostly the NFL, but college football is probably, in terms of ratings, number two. Um, but you know, baseball is just one of those things where I, I'm not sure what they can do. They've tried to tweak a lot of rules, speed the game up, and whatnot. But um, you know, I find myself. I watch the Brewers. I know what's going on in the NL Central. I know a little bit of what's going on in the East and West of the NL. But are you the guy that's watching Sunday night baseball, Monday night baseball? No. And I used to be. Yeah, but I, I'm I was not like, anymore. okay, we got a marquee matchup here of, you know, an East Coast team against a West Coast team. This will be fun. I don't get to see them a whole lot. There's a good pitcher. They got a good batting lineup. I, I'll sit and I'll watch baseball for like an hour and a half to two hours. Now, I, I guess I just don't care. Because well, the, most of those teams I just don't see anymore. And I like baseball. And the games are so long. Yes. And baseball is the one sport where, you know, I can watch the first two innings, go out and mow my front yard, come back, and it's the fifth inning and nothing's really happened. Right. You can't really do that in the other sports. No. What, what'd you miss? Four touchdowns. Oh. Yeah. Okay. okay. No, I, it's, <laughs> I, I'm, I mean, I'm with you I, as much as, you know, it's part of my job to pay attention to the standings and who's good and who's bad and who's trending up and who's falling apart and that kind of stuff. It's it's hard to stay interested as a fan when it's not your job. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, you know, we were talking before we we hopped on here and I listened to a ton of podcasts, mm-hmm. you know, of all different varieties and and one of the themes I've heard a lot this year from some of the national guys um you know, is baseball in trouble? And not in not in trouble in terms of like it's gonna go away, but is it kind of fallen farther down the ladder? You know, the the NFL is king, college football is right, right there. there. The NBA is is a league on the rise. It is the social media league. You know, I'd agree uh, with that. It, it, the the just because of the way they allow their players to interact with fans and, and, you know, kind of the individual clips that can be, you know, 10 second clip of a game that can be thrown online. But, mm-hmm. you know, baseball's got some issues with that. You know, I mean, how many times do you watch a baseball game and see something that really gets you out of your seat? You know, I've seen, we've all seen home runs from our favorite players and it's, it's almost become, it's, it's situational in your excitement. As much as I hate it, probably the closest thing that would qualify just happened on Sunday. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying though. It's situational. Right. It's like it's a grand and slam to end the, the game. game. It's like and if he if hits a grand there, slam in the third inning, it's like oh, that's cool. I mean, were you glued to the TV on Sunday during the day, late afternoon, for the end of the golf tournament? Yeah, I was. Yes, I watched the last five holes. Absolutely. I, mean, I was keeping up online with stuff and you and I were texting back and forth and I, okay you know I'll, I'll flip this on and I, some you know slice you know fade one into the into the rough across a stream and then you know on one of the approach shots he sticks it within a foot and a half of the pin I mean and and the crowd was unbelievable but I mean I, mean, I get what you're saying something's got to hold people's attention for the long haul right and I don't think people are as willing to commit as much time to watching sports anymore unless the action is constant. Pace of play, you know, that's a big thing. I mean, if if the game moves slow, you're just you're more apt to lose people's interest nowadays. And I, I don't know why that's a societal thing now, because we want our information as quick as it comes to us. We we disseminate it, we throw it away, we, and then we look for the next thing. 
And some of these games, they can't do that. No, and, and it's it's it. I I think it's partly generational. I mean, I saw a picture online. It was of uh, Tiger Woods hitting a tee shot. I think in in uh, two thousand and one. And everybody, and they showed the gallery behind him, and the gallery was standing there watching. And then they showed it from Sunday, him doing the same thing. And every person there is holding up their phone. And it's just, it's, it's a, people watch sports differently. I feel like, you know, the younger generation, uh, I got a cousin that's a, that's a high school, gonna be a high school senior. And the way he consumes sports is so much different than we did at that age. You know, we had to sit down really and watch the whole game. Right. Where these guys coming up now can they can watch it in little clips. They can they don't even have to watch it. They can watch, you know, you get the MLB app, you can watch the game on your phone basically just pitch by pitch. What about the Red Zone channel? I yeah. can't settle on one game. Right. I need to have four, five or six that I can watch. I mean, but sports bars have been offering that forever. How many TVs do you have? How many receivers do you have? How many different games can I watch? One game's at a commercial. I'll go over here. Well, that's boring. I can go over here. So, I mean, that's been around forever, but I don't understand why all of a sudden now it seems to be paramount where we need everything all at once. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting thing. It, it kind of, you know, that whole idea kind of ties into – uh, what we've seen the last ten or fifteen years in in the three major sports with uh, the rule changes um, that basically benefit the offense completely in basketball, baseball, and football. Whether it's um, you know stacking lineups now to try to hit home runs, um, not being able to touch the quarterback or touch receivers on the line. Uh, you know, no hand checking out on the perimeter in the NBA. So things like that, everything has upped scoring. And then we get into all these silly arguments of who's the greatest of all time and people are regurgitating stats, and there, but there's nonsense. no context to the stats because the game's not the same. And, you know, it's just uh, it's a weird time we're living in right now for sports because everybody's trying to figure out this social media stuff, but I'm not sure anybody's quite mastered it yet. What they have mastered is digging Ten years ago, when people made comments well, and haven't yeah. deleted them, that's one thing that people are good at. Well, you, there's a lot of people that sit around that don't have enough to do. So I don't, I don't know any of those people. No, no, it's not you or me. That's for sure. What do you want to touch on first? Where do you want to start? Now that we've spent ten minutes on. Well, we're you know we're heading into uh, we're heading into football. Yeah. Um. You know you you've. Uh, what I've been are we, waiting. Week, what are we week two of the preseason now? Yep. Which is um, basically means week two of unwatchable football that I will not be partaking in. Um, wake me on September eighth, uh-huh. I believe it is. That's, when yep. well, wake me on my fantasy draft. We won't. We're not. We won't do fantasy talk. But, Thank God. Um, you know we're we're getting into that. You know locally, what are we? Two and a half weeks from the Badgers opening up here. Yeah, Liberty Day weekend. That's about. Uh, that's about what it is. So it's coming 30, fast. Thirty first high school starts this week. That's going to be part of my job duties for the next nine weeks and the ridiculousness of three games before school even starts but you well got, what do you what do you think of this um this Packers deal uh they the, they have the second highest odd, Vegas odds to get Khalil Mack that's that's kind of one of the rumors floating around the Raiders you know and defensive I player. there was one guy who is a blogger in California around Oakland that started this thing and he just even threw the idea out it wasn't even reported it wasn't even said by anybody in the front office he just said what about this? And then it exploded, and now it's turned into, I mean, 
Nothing's going to happen. Well, the weirdest part was that, I mean, anybody that follows the Packers, that's just not something that they They do. They don't do that. Um, So, I mean, he's a great player. If they got him on their team, I mean, holy cow, that would really, really enhance their defense. I don't disagree with any of that. I just don't know what they would have. They'd have to give up a lot to get him. And I think if if you're a Packer fan, the odds of them pulling the trigger are vastly improved under the new general manager than the old general manager because he's not a Mr. Thompson was not a guy who was apt to uh, get rid of any of the players that he brought in. And scouted and and groomed and cultivated, and I I'm not sure that there's that narrow minded of thinking with the new guy. Whereas, okay, I'm open to this. Let's talk about it. And he'd at least explore the possibility. Where I'm sure Ted would have been. We're, we're not doing that. Well, and you and I talked about it many times with Ted Thompson. And I think the biggest problem was that every time somebody called Green Bay with a with a trade offer. Unfortunately, Ted was not plugged in at the time to the wall, <laughs> and his battery was dead, and he didn't respond. The and, hamster and, took a yeah, break on the yeah, wheel. He, and he didn't respond quick enough, and by the time they recharged his battery and plugged him back in, oh, you called trade me deadline in, was over. You called me in week two? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I sorry, I missed that. I'm just getting to my messages. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't think anything of that. I mean, it's I'm... I'm fine with what's going on right now. You got two new coordinators. You got the new general manager. You got a head coach. You got a franchise quarterback who you had mentioned is kind of into his grumpy years now because he wants the veteran guys who know what they're doing rather than throwing to rookies on a on a scout team. And I, granted, I think there needs to be a little bit of context there. As if you're not going to if you're not going to play week one, you're running the scout team, and yes. that's who's on the scout team. Yes. So I I don't know why you need to expect anything different than what happened a couple of weeks ago when he kind of went off the rails there and and called out some of the youngsters. But Well, I, and let's get this out there. You're you're a Packer fan. I'm a Bear fan. So yes. let's just get that out on the table now. And and a lot of times my my Packer commentary is a lot of needling you just, just to get a rise out of you. And, yes. and I was giving you some grief, works. grief about Rodgers. Yep. But I really had no problem with what he said. Um, didn't mention you know, anybody by name. No. he I'm fine with that. Look, you know, we as fans want our best player on on whatever team we root for. Ideally, to be leaders. that is the vocal leader yes. of your team. So somebody says something like that, everybody's listening. Right. You can't you can't have it both ways. You can't want that and then when the guy does it come out and, and then criticize what he says. I mean, and and he didn't say anything. I didn't think he said anything out of bounds. He didn't talk no. out of school like he said he wasn't naming names and he was like, "Look, you know, I've been in this league. I've won MVPs, I've won a Super Bowl. I kind of know what talk. it takes, yeah. and right now we're not getting it out of these guys because, you know, frankly, a lot of the guys coming into these professional leagues now, they're so mollycoddled as, as young guys, they get to the professional level and they don't know how to work. I don't know if you watch Hard Knocks. No, I don't. Uh, I watched the first episode last week, and there was a little uh, scene with Hugh Jackson, the coach of Cleveland, talking to the number one pick, Baker Mayfield, mm-hmm. and, and he was kind of giving him a little grief about you know, when do you, what time do you get here? And Mayfield's like, well, I'm here uh, an hour before everybody else. And Jackson's kind of like, no, 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 you're not. (laughs) You know, like, you know, you're the number one pick. You're supposed to be the franchise quarterback. You know, you got to live here right now. You know, you got to 
you gotta gotta be the equivalent of a gym rat. Yeah, you gotta consume all this information and be able to then regurgitate it to the other ten guys on the field with you. Yep. You know, and and what is he twenty two? He's gonna be playing with guys that are twenty eight, thirty years old, and they gotta be able to look at you and go, "All right, I I trust you. Mm -hmm. I believe in you. I believe that you've put in the work and you know what you're doing." So, no, I, I you bring up that point about about guys that need to know what they're doing and what it takes to succeed and really trying to make an impact. I guess from my perspective, I'm just thankful at least all those guys were in camp on time. <laughs> well, yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> Tell me about it. I mean, I, I, you, I don't know how nobody, only, will the, only the bears, only the bears. And nobody will know except that's been in that circle of, negotiations and back and forth chatter, the agents, um, the guys who get the deals done in the front office, what exactly what was centered around, who's being hard headed about, you know, the details and stuff. I just. Well, but it's not 1997 anymore. These picks there, the salaries are slotted. So right, it wasn't, it wasn't like it no. was a, a money thing. It was a language thing. And from my perspective, it's like, just get the kid in camp and worry about that crap later. You've got the time. But his side wanted to make sure that he didn't lose anything because he's afraid that he's going to get suspended. That's what all the guys are now going to be worried about. Yeah. I mean, we've seen it in the preseason already. How many guys have been suspended? Uh, how many guys have been penalized? Terrible. Um, the majority has been on defense. There's been a few on offense with this new helmet rule. And he just wanted to make sure that, listen, I'm a rookie. If I come in here and I mess up, you know, this is my first contract. I'm not going to want to be out any more money than I possibly have to be. But it still makes the Bears. I mean, it's a drop in the bucket yeah. for that organization. Uh, it really is. Just say, fine, take it. We're not worried about a couple thousand dollars that you could be out if you, you know, you can have it even if you get, you know, fined or suspended. But, they're, but they're just a gong show. I mean, the McCaskies that own the team, I mean... They just make bad decisions. They've made bad general manager hires. They've made bad coaching hires. They fired the they fired Lovey Smith, who was the best. Who really? Most I mean, successful. Packer fans will laugh, but he's the best coach they've had since Mike Ditka. Um, you know, he led the team to the Super Bowl. I mean, you know, say what you want, they got there. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just it's historically been a team that's been cheap. Um, and made bad decisions, and you know that stuff. These organizations, you look around. They start at the top. The good ones, Green Bay, the Patriots, the Spurs, the Yankees, the Red Sox, they're all well-run organizations, and that's why they win. And I know, I obviously, I don't have enough intelligence or training or anything to be some sort of executive on any of those teams. It just boggles me how anybody can at one point say, that's a good idea. We should run with that. Mm -hmm. And when everybody in their right mind is sitting back going, this is going to blow up in your face. Yeah. yeah. And it's indicative of what you're talking about with well, Chicago. Well, even, even last year in the draft, they have the third pick. They want Trubisky. They trade up One, for the second pick yeah. and give away, I believe, like a second round pick or something like that, which, you know, I'm I'm glad they drafted Trubisky. I like him. I think he's got a chance to be a good player. But it's kind of like I, I guess it comes down to what do you value? And when you're 
cons- consistently a 5-4-3 win team as the Bears have been the last 20 years for the most part. You need the most you need as many good players as you can get. And the chances of you getting a good player in the draft is by having as many picks as possible. Right. And if you just give those away to move up one spot, I mean, if you got your franchise quarterback, maybe it turns out fine in the yeah, end. We he, don't know. Yeah, if in 10 years he is the second coming of of, you know, Jim Kelly or something, great, but I, you know, right who, now who, you're who going. Knows? We would have liked those picks back because we need more than four or five wins in a season. Well, yeah, and when the kid goes out there and he plays an entire NFL game and they allow him to throw seven passes in a in a game, most of them towards the sideline I mean, or five on. yards down the field. Come on, seriously, that's like something I would do in in um, in Madden. You know, I would draft a team and load up with running backs and just not throw. You know, or I mean, throw swing passes. Yeah, I mean, come on, stuff out to the flat. Give me a break. <laughs> Um, Brewers going to be able to hang on. It seems like we're just destined to repeat this sort of process every year, which is why it happened again this season. And I told everybody from the beginning that asked me as a Brewers fan, and you probably heard the same thing. Is this the year they're in first place? This is great. They look good. And I'm It's not even the all-star break yet. Everybody needs to just calm down a little bit. St- stop keeping track of the standings after a month. And you and I had those conversations sure. because we seem to be two sane individuals when we're at least looking at that that side of it. But everybody seems to lose their minds, and now they're wondering how they fell off the rails. And they're only three games out in the division. They're, yeah. they're right there in the wild card. Yeah. So it's not like they're out of it. Right. But at the same time, wouldn't you say that it's not exactly trending up? No, not not at all. And, and it's the, the concerns that... I had early in the season, and you know, you and I talked about it. Um, mainly the pitching staff uh, and 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 their lack of a. Uh, I don't want to say an ace because there's not really very many aces in baseball, but the the lack of a guy that when you when you've lost three out of four, we're gonna go this, to this guy. This guy trots out for that fifth day. You got, you got and a you're good like, feeling. Okay, everybody's a little but looser. Everybody has a staff. Ace, sure, and for the longest time it was Giovanni Gallardo, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I don't even think that was a proper label. I think it was just a lack of options. Sure, sure. I mean, I didn't feel great when he took the mound and wanted to snap a four-game losing streak, and this is going to be the guy to do it. This is the day. I just think he was the best of what they had to offer, which still, when you compare it to a lot of teams around the league, wasn't that great. It wasn't oh eight Sabathia. It wasn't twenty eleven Granky. Um, you know, it was a guy that uh, could win you 15 games, um, but wasn't anybody that he didn't strike fear into the other team. It's not like when, you know, when the Brewers go out to L.A. and it's like, oh, man, you got to face Kershaw. And I know they right. beat him this year, well, but it's like, man, you, you got to deal with that. The, we, the recent West Coast trip yeah, where they actually had a pretty good trip. They played San Francisco, the Dodgers, and then was it the Diamond X or the Padres? Padres. I can't. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But they came home with a winning record yeah. on that trip, and I don't think anybody, uh, I don't think anybody that's a Brewers fan would have expected them to come back with anything more than a 500 record. I I haven't. But to to your point, I'm sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Right now, that guy that you're looking at is Yulis Chasin. Yes. And is that a guy that you can sit back and say? That's our guy. No, because he's been in the in Major League Baseball for six or eight years now. And he's in the Central Division, and he's never beat the Cardinals. 
Is that right? He never beat the Cardinals. So he's had a great year. He's certainly exceeded my expectations for him, but we're almost we're in the middle of August now. Basically, the rest of the season is versus divisional teams. You're going to play the Cardinals about eight more times, and your best pitchers never beat them. That's a little concerning. But my my biggest issue with this team this year kind of boils down to philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't love the way they they managed their pitching staff in the first half of the season. You could kind of see bullpen burnout coming. A lot of four or five inning starts, and then two innings of Hader, an inning and a half of Jeffress. You know, uh, Knable was hurt, so that affected things early on. But you had a blueprint of what you could expect when that happens. Yeah, but that's never really that that philosophy's never really played out well for an entire season. Not we all saw of it. we saw it last year in the last couple of years, late in the year into the postseason with like Houston and Kansas City and the and the Cubs a couple of years ago with their bullpens, but that wasn't something that started in April. And they also had a starting rotation that could get you to the sixth or seventh. I mean, Junior Guerrero pitched the eight, to the eighth inning, I think, last week, and it was the first time in a year and a half that a Brewer starter had gone that far. Is that right? That's not good. <laughs> not really. And now they've decided that they're going to trade in defense for offense, which, okay, but... You've got the same problem now in the infield as you do in the outfield. Exactly. You've got too many guys that play the same position. And that was the worry coming in and who's going to get these reps and whatnot. Well, now you've got too many guys in the infield. So it's I, – I I have a question for you here. Okay. And my, my dad and I have talked about this, and he actually kind of brought it up a little earlier in the season. But do you, do you find this Brewer team – a little more difficult to root for than some of the Brewer teams that we've seen in the past ten years. Do and the re- and the reason I I was just going to say, I, is there a reason for that? Or? Um, I don't know a lot of these guys. You, you mean you're not invested? Yeah, you know, um, like today in the lineup they've trotted out there today. Um, the only position player that I consider. Like a true brewer, a homegrown guy was Braun. Braun. Yeah, I mean, you could say Yelich technically he started with the Brewers, but he he or I'm sorry, Kane, Kane. But he, you know, he made his name as a Royal. Yes. Um. Everybody else in that roster has been acquired. Has been acquired. Yeah. And it's it's not like it was in in so, the middle of last decade when you had Braun, Fielder, Weeks, Hart, Hardy, Gallardo. So you, as a season ticket holder, have been seeing a lot of these guys getting. You know, a couple of starts in a in a series, and then a day off, or they'll you know get a cold streak, and then they'll sit because they're not veteran savvy enough to break that until they somehow reach that level where they warrant playing time all the time. And there's your regular guy. Whereas now, you've never seen all these guys before, and now they're just thrust in the lineup, and you're like, this is supposed to be accepting. Uh, by the fans that this is your team. This is the team we've built, whether it be draft and develop or just grab and free agency or trade for right before the beginning of the season or the first half of the season. Yeah, and, and there's been nights where if I didn't check Twitter prior to the game, I'll watch the game and somebody will come in and I won't even know that they were on the roster. Seriously? Because it's con- it's well, constant. It's, there's constant there's rotation. constant rotation. Yeah. Like the, all of a sudden, I'm watching or listening to the game today, and Broxton pitches. I'm like Broxton. 
Well, you didn't listen to my sports the other day. I told, I told no, you. No, I, I didn't. Take, I, he came up. Yeah, there. I missed that. But no, it's like, but, <laughs> right, but, but, you didn't but again, know. if you're just an average fan that doesn't. There's moves every other day. Every other day. Guys are going down. Relievers are going down to the to AAA. They're being come. They're being brought in for the bullpen. They're being brought in as position players because the, you need another left-handed bat in the line, or you know, some sort of situational guy for a series or two, and then they're gone. And that cannot be easy. But you and I had that conversation about Arcia. If he's your guy, he needs to play. Yeah. He needs to get through struggles. Now it seems like they're more apt to pull the trigger and get somebody out of there if they're scuffling because they can't afford to have a spot in jeopardy in the lineup as a weak point because yeah. they're afraid it might cost them a game. Well, this is kind of, if you know, it's a little bit of a pattern with the Brewers here in the Mark Atanasio regime. You know, in 08, went out of losing streak, kind of panicked, fired Yost. Right. You know, Weeks wasn't hitting, kind of panicked, traded for Ray Durham. In 2011, Casey McGee and Ricky Weeks weren't playing so well, (laughs) kind of had to do something, went and got Jerry Harrison, and all of a sudden those guys aren't playing in the playoffs, and they're kind of the guys that got you there. And, you know, I believe in in team chemistry. Um, I think that stuff matters. And, you know, when guys are well-liked and you're kind of, giving them a little bit of the shaft and I look I understand it's professional sports there this is not about you know making you feel good and how you know warm and fuzzy this mm-hmm. is this is big big boy stuff but you know that constant jerking back and forth between triple a you know a guy plays tonight in triple a he's got to get on a plane he's got to fly to Half, st louis halfway across the country he's play he, he might not play for three days then they put him in he's a and, kid, and, he's and, already feeling all this pressure, and by that time he's probably gone cold. Yeah, because I mean, if you're if you're a believer in momentum, I mean, Arcia was raking at AAA, and then he came up and he was smoking the ball mm-hmm. for a couple of games, and now all of a sudden he's out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, do you need to send him down again so well, he can get hot again and then bring him up? But they just, when, when but it they, matters, but they trade for Scope, and you got to get him abs, and you got to get Mustakas, and you got to get Sean Thames, and it's it's it's. It's frust- it, It's great when they win because then you can go, man, boy, they really got a lot of depth. Well, this lineup has really got – you can go left-handed lineup, right-handed lineup. But then today I see the lineup on Twitter, and then I listen to the game, and it's like, why Why is Aguiar not playing? Guy's got 29 home runs. He's been the best player on your team all year, and you're going to sit him against the Cubs? Because he's scuffling. I don't understand that. Scuffling. Need needs a day. Needs a day to just rest and take off. I need a day to rest. Nobody gives me any rest. <laughs> Well, I I don't know where this is going to go. I mean, the the Cardinals going into tonight have won seven in a row. Yeah, I mean they're right there. the The wild card is there's a bunch of teams right up at the top, and then you got the Cubs that are up there. Which everything I think everybody and all the Cub fans I hear from is that this is not a good as good a team as it was last year. Okay, but you're still leading in leading the division with National League's not as good as it was last just year. Just over a month to go. Yeah, the Dodgers are nowhere near as good as they were last year. So I, I think the Cubs are the best team. Myself, mm-hmm. I think I think what's going to happen is I think whoever gets hot the last ten days of the year in that bunch of ride that the momentum Brewers, in there. the Cardinals, the Braves, the Phillies, Rockies, Diamondbacks, whoever gets hot that last two weeks, I think is going to make the playoffs. But do you want that one wild card game to throw to that to the guy who's there that you you are really uber confident about 
that you get into a one-game playoff and say, this guy's got a chance to take us to, to the next level. Well, there's not a guy on there that I think, and I don't even trust that there's going to be the best lineup on the field at that point, either the way that it's going. It would have to be Chessine, based on his performance this year. But Probably true, but... But he's never does been that, in that situation. Does that really give you, ooh, no. we really got a good fighting chance now? No. Well, that no. then, to me... That's an area you need to address. I was there on the last day of the season in 08 when Sabathia was on the hill against the Cubs. Derek Lee hit into a in, yep. into a double play ball yep. to end it. And that is what they do not have. And not a lot of teams have a CC-type player. I mean, you know, Scherzer, Kershaw, or whatever. But, like, that day, I remember walking into Miller Park that day and being like, oh, they're, we're winning this game. CC's on the mound. When you was know. the last time you felt that strongly about anybody that's been out on the mound for for Milwaukee in any in any particular game? Probably that game, and that's it. You know, I mean, I was listening on Mill, and you've been to a lot of games more than I have because you're a, you buy tickets every year. Is there ever a louder moment in that stadium than when Braun hit that home run? Uh, the only one that w- that would be close is uh, Game Five in 2011 NLDS when uh, Niger, Niger hit Morgan, the walk off. Yeah. That was close, but I couldn't even hear Bob Euchre over the no. In the f- funny story about that, <laughs> I was in Fridays getting my however many ninth the Long Island <laughs> of that game, and Braun hit the homer while I was in Fridays. Oh man! And the dude behind the bar just took the. Just took the guns out and just started just spraying. Water guns just started water gunning everybody. What is this everybody. a WWE yeah, event? It was just pretty. To... Uh, it was pretty unbelievable. But no, that was. Uh, that's probably the biggest moment since the '82 season. I would have to say. I would probably agree with you. I I was in my car and I was. I didn't. I knew I wasn't going to make it home in time, so I I sped and I might have blown a red light to the nearest place that I knew that had a TV. Mm-hmm. So I drove to Best Buy. Oh, and, and I plenty ra- of TVs. I ran in so I could watch the end of the game, <laughs> and I just stood there. The guy, can I help you? Nope, just here to watch the game. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, I love good. it. Well, what else you got, man? I uh, don't have anything else. Let's see. You, I, well, you, you sent me a, a stack of notes that you've been saving for a year. <laughs> well, I, I tend just to, in case we got this podcast thing. Well, going. I live alone, and I talk to my dog a lot, and he doesn't <laughs> respond. So sometimes I have to write things down. Uh-huh. And, you know, that's just kind of the way it goes. But okay. Um, we're, yeah, we're over half an hour already. We this are is over half. Back. What do you get back to football a little bit here? All right, and and maybe we should end on this note. But um, this anthem thing, we're 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 going into year three of this. Yeah, and just as soon as we thought it was figured out, everybody's yeah. come to a decision yeah. that if you don't stand, you stay in the locker room, and now you get people out on the field and they're not standing, and then, well, okay, maybe we need to hold off on this already. I'm pretty much fine with anything that happens um, I, as far as, you know, uh, I heard Roger, I read an interview with Rogers yep. on The Ringer where he talked about when his first couple years in the league, they stayed in the locker room. I'm fine with that. Um, I'm fine with if certain players want to stay in the locker room and other players want to go out. I'm fine with that. They will be labeled, but if that's their yep, choice, that's, that's what's going to happen. That's, that's better than the alternative, I think. Clearly. Um, I'm fine with doing away with the national anthem altogether before games. I, I really don't I really don't understand it. Um, you you know, mean why we have it? Yeah, I, I, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I, they don't play it before I before I do my job. I don't know why they'd play it uh-huh. before those guys do theirs. That's fair. Um, you know, and and I can still go out and buy a beer. I can still go to the bathroom during it. 
Um, so a lot of people themselves that are getting upset about this are not quote unquote respecting it the way people want to. Um, the only thing I would say about the, the kneeling part, um, that I, I think now we're to the point, and I heard Stephen A. Smith was got in an argument with Ryan Clark the other day on, Wait a minute, on ESPN hold on. about this. Stephen A. got in yeah. an argument? And I'm actually on Stephen A.'s side on this one, which is shocking. But basically the gist of it was, you know, okay, you did the kneeling thing, It's and I understand what your message is. It was about the police brutality thing, and people have turned it around into the flag issue. Yes, it, it went from racial injustices yes. to disrespecting the country right. and the flag. I think what... At this point, that ain't that's not, it's not working. working. That's not your, working. Your message is not yes. getting across. Whatever the intentions are, which I believe are good, it's the message is not getting where you want it to get. So I think it might be time to try a switch, different avenue. Switch tactics. Sure. You know, I think um, that's fair. I, I just, you know, you see this a lot in in politics with different causes and people try to do things, but you know, if you keep beating your head against the wall, eventually, you know, I. I you got a, kid, a guy like Eric Reed, who's a Pro Bowl level uh, defensive back. He doesn't have a job. Nope. You know, I mean, forget the Kaepernick thing. Kaepernick was walking his way out of the league with his play before any of this kneeling stuff happened. But you know, Eric Reed is a is a All Pro level guy, and he doesn't have a job. And I, it's you, hard to say that it's not because of that. It's well, hard you, to prove that it is because you think of that. But. So many owners now get approached by their general managers and say, "This guy can really help us." Um, here's a little bit of background, and obviously, the owner has an idea of what this guy's about and doesn't want to make any waves. So, instead of maybe bettering your team in order to deal with a PR problem, they just practice avoidance and then don't do it all together. Right. And I don't know that that's the best policy if you're in the business of winning games. Right. Um, but but I agree with you. If you're trying to get something across to somebody and you're not being heard, maybe it's time to change the way the message is communicated. And uh, I don't know what that entails because obviously I'm not part of the group that is relaying said message. Mm -hmm. But maybe there needs to be some sort of a, you know, come together and say, we're causing all sorts of problems and the stuff that we're trying to get across is not being filtered the way that it needs to be. So maybe we need to look at something else. But I I, I think now everybody's dug their heels in, mm -hmm. just like anything else. Yep, that's what we do now. They take a position and they don't move mm -hmm. no matter what flies in your face, however sane or logical or reasonable it might be. And that's where we are right now. You've got everybody in their, you know, everybody with a Twitter account chiming in that this is bad, I'm never watching again, and whatever. And, and, like, when you try and bring up, well, what they're really trying to get across is this, it just goes over their head. Well, it, it doesn't really matter what they're trying to get across. They're not getting it across right. at the end of the day. And, I mean, we, we've seen it in other leagues with the NBA where, you know, Golden State said they didn't want to go to the White House. LeBron James said he didn't want to go to the White House. When the Eagles won the Super Bowl last year, Malcolm Jenkins and some of those guys said they didn't want to go to the White House. To me, that makes no sense because if I have a message and I have something that I want to get out there and I want help and I want change, that what be, better place to go than to go and you actually get an audience with not only the president but the people around him? Maybe he maybe he doesn't want to hear what you have to say, Probably but not. he's not going to be there indefinitely. 
Right. He's either going to be gone in two years or in six years, however the vote goes, and then somebody else will be in there. But, you know, for these guys to take these stances, and like you said, you, they dig their heels in on both sides. Oh, you know, for you sure. you got Jerry Jones and some of the owners are doing the same thing, and it's like, you know, I, I don't know who this is helping on either side. Do you have anybody that's a personal acquaintance, family member, what have you, that has stopped watching no because they feel that it's been disrespected their country no. their flag whatever no i don't know anybody personally either i've gotten a couple emails at work because we try to skate around the subject when we're on the air because it's just going to stir things up i know more people that have stopped watching football because of cte of cte yep. and concussions Same. than the anthem, anthem issue i agree that's 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 where i'm at as well i but. just i just think it's it's one of those things that you know just for my my sanity and for my for my football enjoyment and my sports consumption enjoyment. I'm just tired of hearing about it, man. I just want to move on. I I want to watch the games to watch the games. I don't I don't need you know I don't need all this other stuff. I don't need the camera pan in the sideline to see who's standing, who's got their hand. I don't I don't care. Doesn't you, matter. Right. You're also not going to be watching football and for another for three and a half or four weeks anyway. so Well, I might come down and, and check out one of the high school games maybe, but we'll see. That, that would be actually yeah. nice if you could do that. Yeah, I mean, Actually, we got football coming up on Friday. Um, we didn't get to it. We didn't get to it in this one, but I've talked to both. Uh, I've talked to one of the coaches heading into the opening week, and you and I do ball games for, for hoops for Craig and Parker, Milton, and there's a there's a big shakeup, and I I just you know you and I have opinions on that, and a lot of people have their still keep track of their high school teams, but the stuff that's happening, the Jalen Johnson thing heading to super team, and now at at Nicolay, and well, and maybe what we'll have to do with this, you know, was we're kind of learning this on the fly. We may have to go to a you know a more of a maybe once every month or something. We do kind of more of a localized pod and talk about some of the stuff going on locally, but. Uh, yeah, it's it's never a dull moment when you're when you follow sports as close as we do. So no, what do you think? Success, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Well, feels like we were talking at each other, one of each other's basements for well, the last forty five minutes. That's or kind so. of what these things are. Yeah. You know, it's just kind of a a long form conversation, and you know, just throw some stuff against the wall and see if it ho- sticks. Hopefully, somebody will like us and and, and check come us up out with a and, name for our podcast. Yeah, we may have to do uh, like you said, a Facebook or a, or a, or a Twitter, Twitter something. Hey, if and, you got and, ideas, and we'll give you credit for however long that this lasts. Keep it as clean as you can, folks. We're, yeah, that you know. would, we didn't even as much as we were looking forward to a podcast. I don't think we dropped one bomb no, on here when no. we're actually able to do that. Yeah, well, it's we're, we're it's early. still early. We're early. <laughs> I haven't gotten riled up yet. <laughs> Dan over there. My name is Josh. Thank you for listening. Hope maybe we'll be back next week, couple of weeks. Who knows how often we'll start spitting this out. But we appreciate you listening to the first of what hopefully is many podcasts. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon.